A playlist original. It's your host Tori and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to another episode of RTBP and a bonus one. I wanted to talk about some things and it just did not fit into the regular scheduled programming. So I thought that I would do a short but sweet, I am hoping, (laughs) episode to just cover, yeah, some things that I'm like dying to talk about with you all. Let's get right into it. Selling Sunset Season 5. This was so bad. Like, this season was so fucking bad. And I watched it all in uh, two days. (laughs) So, whatever. The reunion, hosted by Tan France, comes out next week. And I was so excited. So, like, okay, I want to picture this, this graph that I'm about to do for you. My excitement went from, like, whatever axis is on the bottom, the x-axis, straight to the fucking top when I found out that they were doing a reunion because they've never done that before. And then absolutely plummeted past the x-axis. I I hope it, I think it's the y-axis maybe, (laughs) like to the very fucking bottom of the earth when I found out Christine wasn't there. Because Christine is the entire show. So I have no idea what the fuck they're going to talk about in that reunion. And also Tan France just seems like, like love him to bits. But he just seems like a softball question type of interviewer. And I want Andy Cohen, who does softballs, but also like will be like, give me the real answer to like this or whatever. Like he's not afraid to like go there. Anyways, might pop in a few thoughts about the reunion in an upcoming episode if it's worthy of my listener's time. So let's get into like the actual content right off the bat. Jason and Chriselle. And apparently they didn't tell the fucking office. They found out on social media in their Greece trip, which like just like the fucking rest of us plebs, which I was surprised about. Did you think that was real or do you think that they, that was like a plot point because that's how we found out their trip to Greece on social media. Chriselle is complaining that Jason can't commit. Not complaining, I should say. That's like a valid concern, but it's also like you've known him for like four or five years and I'm assuming. Fucking, it feels like it's been four or five years now that I'm thinking about it. I'm pretty sure season two came out in 2020, so they've pumped out five seasons in two years. No wonder they cover literally nothing on this godforsaken TV show, but it's like, yes, we know that Jason can't commit, or at least that's the story that they're telling us, that Jason and Brad are like these fucking playboys in the Hollywood Hills when it's like, you are fucking five foot one. Like, it's just a really hard story to sell when, like, you can sell a house where you cannot sell me on the story that Jason and Brett, like, get girls. Like, I just, I can't believe it. Uh, We see that Davina is, like, in on all the girl chat, so she's out on Christine. She looks like a whole new person. I'm just gonna say it. She got extensions. She got 
lash, like, hair extensions, lash extensions. She is now rocking, you know, the fucking fake Chanel suits or, um, the, like, tightest dresses with just, like, the most gaudy Gucci or Chanel logoed jewelry, which, like, is fucking fake. Like, I, they can, it cannot be, like, a fashion house of couture and also have these god-awful necklaces. Like, I just cannot believe that. Um, and so they all find out that Jason and Chriselle are dating and someone says, I didn't write it down, but they're like, thank God there's no HR. And it's like, yeah, fucking thank God. A, how is there no HR? B, you're right. There is a power imbalance between the broker and the real estate agent. Uh, we find out Emma isn't dating someone, but I swear to fucking God, she's actually dating. I think the guy's name is Patrick, and he's also a real estate agent at the O Group. Um, and I'm apparently they, like, fucking live together and, like, are seen out together. So I'm confused about the whole Micah storyline, but we'll get to that later. Chriselle could not sell me again on her relationship with Jace. I'm just gonna go on Jace from now on. She, if she used to be an actress, I'm like, girl, how? You are physically and viscerally repulsed by this man. Later in the season when he's like, Rochelle, Rochelle, Chriselle, sorry, Chriselle, I'm so stressed out. Can you just rub my head? I saw her fucking throw up in her mouth, swallow it back down, and then get her like coffin shaped nails to scratch his bald little head. Like it's so fucking bad. And then their whole relationship is just like Chriselle wants Christine to be fired because she's a bully and Jason like has to, I don't know, like pretend that this is actually real. Like and this like she's, I don't know, that this is like an actual job. I guess like technically it is, but the lines are so fucking blurred. And no one will film with Christine. So they bring in Chelsea, who is so fun and actually looks rich and like <laughs> that she wears designer clothes. And her and Christine, the black and blonde Barbies, as she calls themselves, are so just fun. And they are the poppy, frivolous shit that I want to see on TV. Strutting down the streets of LA, of Sunset Boulevard, with the music pounding in the background. <laughs> just, just you know, that selling sunset music. So, they show them so much at work this season. Just, you know, fighting over the fucking desks like it matters. Which, by the way, I listened to a podcast, um, Bachelor Party, and Kate, I forget her last name, it's like Gullivan or something like that. She was a contestant on Clayton Eckerd's season of The Bachelor. She works at the O Group and she went on a date with Harry Styles. It is such a good episode. I'll link the episode in the show notes. She was on Bachelor Party and she was like, everyone hot desks. Like, since we're out doing like showings most of the time as realtors, you just if you need to go into the office to write something up, you just pick whatever desk is available and otherwise we like work from home. So it's just 
like, again, fake storylines. Like, I can't hear about the desk situation one more fucking time. But they're always at work. Wink, wink. And Emma's laptop is just a blank screen. (laughs) And Mary's is, like, the Safari, like, homepage. It's just, it's just so funny. It's just so funny. Like, it at least, like blur the screen or something to be like oh it was confidential real estate information like I don't know put put the fucking MLS website up I don't know but it looks so bad that you're just on the safari screen and like none of them have chargers I was like okay (laughs) if you were there for like a day's worth of work you would have your charger it was a lot like me at work vibes to be honest There was, like, that whole plot with the flowers. The flowers weren't a big deal. They, like, it's so funny how Christine was like, well, I thought they were going to be, like, one foot by one foot. It's like, no, girl, you would have paid for them and, or maybe not because the producers set it all up. (laughs) Like, the producers probably chose that horrendous heart bouquet because it's like, how would she have got that home? Yeah, they're probably like, oh, we'll send, don't worry, Christine, we'll send the gift. And then they just bring that. But it's like, she didn't try to steal the show or anything. Like, it's just, ugh, they're so fucking annoying, those girls. I honestly, Christine is the worst one, like, talking shit about all of them in the press. But it's like, they make me hate, like, the the underdogs aren't the underdogs that they think they are. And I will do, like, a ranking of my favorite cast members at the end of this. Another big plot point was Christine's conversation with Heather. And Christine was, like, really bad. She showed up, like, an hour late. And instead of just being like, hey, my B, like my kid kept me or I was in full glam for eight hours or like whatever the fuck it was. She should have just admitted to that and she just couldn't. But it also frustrates me that the girls like the other side can't tell that a lot of Christine's lashing out. I feel like it's actually because she's hurt, which doesn't make it right. She's acting like an asshole in like most scenarios and she can't stop like the sly comments and all of that stuff like she just physically can't help herself but it's like you can tell she's hurt that she's not friends with Heather not even so much Davina but like Davina is such a robot it's like I think that's fine but like her conversation with Heather you could tell that she was hurt and using humor and like bitchy mean girl comments to hide her like hurt and it just like frustrates me that it seems like none of those girls can see it and it's like that's why she's always on the defense another like interesting thing was when emma was talking about matching with ben affleck on raya and then he had to go to the press to confirm that he hasn't been on it with he for years and it's like a, he totally has. We saw that fucking creepy video of him being like, hey, it's me, Ben Affleck, <laughs> which for some reason, when I envision that that video that got leaked, I just Im- imagine him, but in Scott Disick's Todd Crane's voice. <laughs> I don't know why, but those two things just like blur together. Anyways, so weird that he's like re- having to respond to a selling sunset storyline. But yeah, I'm sure they did match. But again, I I feel like this fake story about her dating around or like on Raya, I swear to God, she just lives with this guy, Patrick. Also, Patrick was the one 
that Christine said she was engaged to that they like that he was like allegedly cheating on her with but we know that that's not really true we saw no Vanessa this season I loved when her fiance came in to give her the promise ring which I did not think was still a thing in the year of our lord 2022 I thought he was gonna dump her but it was so funny how he walked in and Heather's like what's your name like it's like okay you clearly like it's Nick Heather it's fucking Nick and it's like okay you obviously like aren't friends or like never see Vanessa because you don't even know of her pre-fiance's name. Amanda is just not doing real estate. <laughs> like, not at all. Like, it's so weird. She's, like, starting that new women's empowerment store and she, like, stages a house with Vanessa, but it's, like, there's no selling houses in sight. Okay, more things. What would they talk about if it was not to discuss Christine? I hated this season because... It very much reminded me of The Old Hills, which makes sense because Adam DeVillo was the creator of both The Hills and Laguna Beach and Siesta Key and Selling Sunset. But it's like, you can just tell, okay, let's go for lunch and let's talk about what's going on with Christine. And Christine came out on the premiere date and said that most of the storylines are fake. So I wonder what she's referring to. She definitely rejects the idea that she bribed one of, was it Heather's clients or Chriselle's clients? Someone to stop working with someone. Cannot cannot remember for the life of me. But I also wonder if she is alluding to Chriselle and Jason because, again, I just can't believe that they are a real couple. The clothes. It's so fucking weird that people dress like this because it's so not in style Like, it's just so weird. I don't think there was one outfit that I liked. And their hairstyles are, like, fucking wild. They all are, like, bedazzled and have, like, weird random braids. And, like, obviously they look really beautiful. But the, like, full coverage makeup and, like, huge crazy looks and, like, airbrushed to death. And then these outfits I just feel like are so, like, 2016. It is so weird to me that people still like wear that and then the like new money aspect of it all where it's just like all these brand names um and logos and stuff it's just so weird anyways I loved I actually loved when Chriselle and Jason's mom met that was the one time I was like okay is this real because this conversation kind of feels real talking about kids and I fucking loved how she said that the name that they picked out for their kid was Maverick and she was like it's so unique and I was like really I can name like 30 (laughs) reality tv stars who named their kid Maverick and one of my friends who has a three-year-old almost three-year-old in daycare is like there's like fucking seven Mavericks in um my kid's class so I was like girl do not like I loved when Chriselle was like the sparks between Emma and Micah are like on fire. I was like, what show are you watching, girl? It's like watching paint dry. I have seen more chemistry between siblings. I don't know. <laughs> between um, Chloe Kardashian and Scott Disick or Chloe and Rob, to be honest. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, no, they don't. No, they fucking don't. And her empanadas. Like, that brand has to be fake. Except for it's not. Julia Littman of 
the aforementioned bachelor party podcast did a taste test she was like it's a frozen frozen empanada and danny pellegrino of so iconic with danny pellegrino like fucking hunted them down on his instagram stories but he looked so dry they looked so fucking dry and so frozen just gross and i loved when she explained empanadas to vanessa last year and she was just like oh like you made hamburger ones <laughs> like because that's just it's really embarrassing if you have ever bought and eaten emma's empanadas slide in my dms and please tell me a absolute play-by-play of the ordering process the shipping process the cooking process and you eating them please there was like that promotion and then or like PR or whatever, ads. <laughs> I'm just saying words at this point. And then there was the Oreo promotion. Why in three different episodes did the girls mention Oreos? It was so fucking weird. It was so weird. It was so random. Like I was like once, it's like that saying like, I if I had two nickels for every time the Selling Sunset cast said Oreos, I would have 15 cents which is like weird that it happened twice or whatever. I don't know, or happened three times. Whatever that saying is, that's how I felt about the Oreo mentions. The fucking fake phone calls. And there was a scene, um, the tea that Chelsea hosted, where in the same conversation, Christine is wearing two different hats. And it's that sloppy editing. Like, it's like if I fucking notice this, a person who has constantly three screens is multitasking like as I'm watching the show I am doing my dishes I am online shopping (laughs) I'm like editing a podcast I'm writing a grocery list like that's what I'm doing all at the same time while I watch the show and if I notice the fake phone calls on your camera app and the change of hats the fascinators or whatever that the British wear to like weddings and teas and stuff then like you fucking should have in in post like where is your editing team like honestly Maya love her love her shady ass comments when you least expect it she was pregnant during the show and she lost the baby and it just was hard a hard reminder to watch um it was probably a hard hard thing for her to do too and it seems like she leaves the show it seems like she's open to her own brokerage in Miami and I just hope she is doing well. Chriselle and Dason make embryos and Chriselle hints to her having kids is like a deal breaker especially because she's 40 and you can already see the hesitation on Jason Jason's eyes and you can just tell that we are getting set up for a future breakup. Do you think the embryo thing is real? Like, again, that seems so fucking real for, like, a fake relationship. So, A, do you think the relationship was real, short-lived, and they made embryos? Or B, do you think they, it was fake and that was a fake storyline? Or C, that it was a bit of PR, a bit of real life, they made embryos, but it just didn't work out? I would love to know. Heather, there was, like, a fucking jump cut like a jump scare like they should have done a trigger warning for Tarek (laughs) 
for Tarek and Heather's wedding. I thought they were going to dedicate a whole episode to it like they did with Mary and Romaine. But no, it was like 10 minutes. I actually like Heather. I really, really, really fucking enjoyed her this season. And I never thought I would like, I would say that. I love her laugh. It's like, I can't do it, but it's like, I just wrote in my notes like, ha 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 ha. But like, it's, it's a little bit deeper and like, I don't know. I feel like you'll know what I, I mean when I say that. I just really, really liked her this season. I'm, I'm surprised by that because I usually hate on her. Chriselle at the wedding with Jason, again, cannot act. Like, he leans in for a kiss and her eyes look dead inside. (laughs) And then he kisses her shoulder, which I thought was cute. And she looked like she wanted to burn her skin off. (laughs) So we finally get to episode nine where like the only real dramatic storyline happens, which is like Christine is offering like to pay off a client $5,000 to not work with the agents. I think it was Chriselle. It might have been Mary or Heather. But again, we don't really get to see the conclusion of that. They're alluding that Jason will actually fire her over this. And then Chriselle and Jason break up in the last episode, which again, I think is like a fucking farce. That concludes the season of Selling Sunset. Those were just my hot takes. I know I'm, I'm sure I forgot a bunch of stuff, but these were just just like the little things I noticed and just needed to tell somebody. Okay, I don't think I can do actual full rankings of the season, but I'll tell you my 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 likes and my dislikes. I really actually liked Heather and Mary this season. I hate all the men. I like I don't like Romaine. I don't like Jason. I don't like Brett. I don't like Emma. I don't like Chriselle. I think she's like a martyr or a me, but I actually think she's a bully. Love Christine. Love Chelsea. They are again the only people that seem to want to make a good TV show. Um, I love Maya. I I like Amanda and I like Vanessa, but they're not bringing too much to the show. I hate Davina. I think she's like a cold robot with tacky clothes. I love Mary and Jason's dogs. <laughs> and I think that's everybody, to be honest. I could have forgot someone, but those are the people that we saw this season. One last thing I want to say about this show is it should have ended in season two. They had real drama in the beginning stages, like when Chriselle got dumped apparently by text of her, by her husband, J- Justin Hartley. I was going to say Jason Hartley. And ever since that, there has been nothing I feel like real about this show or maybe again the real parts are they're mad at Christine because Christine talks shit about them to the press I just think it should have really ended a long time ago yet I will be tuning in to Selling Sunset season six and selling Orange County like my life depended on it (laughs) what did you think of the season Did you like it? Who are your faves? Who are your least faves? Let me know. Would love to discuss. Okay, again, super Randy, super Randy Jackson, but Rob Cow, one of the listeners, asked, what were my favorite TV shows and movies growing up? Um, I thought I could add this into this show because I'm talking about Selling Sunset, one of my fave slash least fave TV shows. So I made a list. It's probably not exhaustive but it was the shows that I could think of that made a big impact on me as a kid a teenager in university and then I just threw on what I'm watching now 
So the first show was Boy Meets World. I was a big ABC TGIF girly, (laughs) if anyone remembers that. They had just like a fucking fire lineup of like kid slash tween slash teen shows um, from like 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. on every Friday. And it was just so much fun to just stay in on on a Friday and watch ABC's TGIF. I can still see like the black and yellow logo and like hear this little jingle in my head. Basically anything Mary-Kate and Ashley, so that includes their TV shows, So Little Time, etc. And um, all of their movies, Passport to Paris, Winnie London, just it takes two. Like literally everything. I wanted to be them. I wanted their haircut. I wanted their little colored glasses. I wanted all of their outfits. I loved them so much. Same with Hilary Duff. Loved Lizzie McGuire, loved The Perfect Man, loved a Cinderella story, loved Raise Your Voice. Anything Hilary Duff was doing, music, TV, movies, stuff by Duff, I was purchasing. (laughs) I was watching. I loved her, loved her, loved her. Amanda Bynes was my other girl. I love What a Girl Wants. I love She's the Man. She's so funny. She was a little bit quirky. Um, I love What I Like About You. I just again, everything she did, I was obsessed with as a child. My teen years, I loved anything Disney Channel. Hannah Montana, That's So Raven, Wizards of Waverly Place, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, just like the absolute golden era of the Disney Channel. High School Musical obviously defined a generation, my generation. I loved Zac Efron. I loved Ashley Tisdale. I loved all the music, still listen to it to this day, weekly. I remember my friend came down to my house in high school, maybe like grade nine or 10, probably too old to be watching high school musical. And she had the like sing-along slash dance-along DVD and she brought it with her and we just, we did like bop to the top, like I was Ryan and she was Sharpay and in my living room we just you know, did the dance and it was so much fun. I was a huge Twilight girly. Everyone knows that. I was fucking obsessed. I had a poster of Edward Cullen in my bedroom. My computer screen was like a naked picture (laughs) of Jacob, of Taylor Lautner. I had all of the books. I had the soundtrack. I had the burned DVD on my iPod. Y'all know the story. I was utterly obsessed, like fucking utterly obsessed. I wanted to be Bella so bad. I thought I should have been cast as Bella. I was like literally holding a grudge against Kristen Stewart saying she was like a bad actress until like this year, honestly. (laughs) I was a big Laguna Beach and the the hills girly. I loved Lauren Conrad, even though I'm like team Kristen now. I honestly like moved to Victoria where I currently live because it was the closest thing that I could get to Laguna Beach. I swear to God, I like picked my university here because it is very Laguna Beach vibes and I just wanted to live my life like I lived in Laguna Beach. And so like I wanted like a convertible. I wanted to wear like the mini skirt, the flip flops, the like tank tops with like my chunky layer, the hair, um, and go to the beach and like watch boys like skimboard and like shit like that. So that had a big impact on my life. Obviously, I still live there 12 years later. And then of course, like shows like The Bachelor. 
um, have had a big impact on me. Okay, in university, I was obsessed with Schitt's Creek. If you don't think that Schitt's Creek is funny, you are not Canadian. It's very, the show is very, the humor, the music, the delivery of lines is very Canadian 30-minute comedy. And I feel like a lot of people who don't get it didn't grow up watching shows like Corner Gas, etc. So that's my only thing I can say to the haters. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I was absolutely obsessed with. My friend in first year that I met in my dorm gave me or lent me her DVD set of Buffy. I think I went to class, but if I wasn't in class, I was in my bed watching every episode of Buffy. I have dressed up as her for Halloween. I obviously love the vampire genre, I guess, but she's very righteous, which I also think I'm very righteous. It was very feminist for its time. I loved her friend group. I loved her romance with Angel. It was just everything that I ever wanted in a TV show. I have seen the musical live before COVID. I went by myself because it's like who else would have ever wanted to go to me go with me to that but I went to the musical by myself like I feel like right before COVID and it was like the best night of my life. I was just in the front row of the audience singing every single song. The Sopranos I feel like that's maybe the weirdest one on my list but as many of you know I studied psychology and I think men should be in therapy. I also struggle with anxiety. If people have never seen The Sopranos, it's a big mafia boss goes to therapy because he starts having panic attacks and yeah, he goes to therapy. So the show is kind of seen or structured through his sessions. And I, at the time, I remember I was watching this. So this was like, I think third and fourth year university, I was having like daily panic attacks. So it was like me and Tony, like besties, but (laughs) it is just like a fucking classic TV show really think it changed a lot of the landscape of modern TV. So I really love that show. Obviously with reality TV, I love Survivor and Big Brother. I also watch the classics, Sex in the City, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and Below Deck, which I haven't talked about on this podcast since like the early days. Right now, my favorite TV shows are definitely Outlander. <laughs> Obsessed. I loved Sex Lives of Co- Sex Lives of College Girls. I just binged the first season of How I Met Your Father. It was so good. I love The Bold Type. I love Summer House, Siesta Key, The Circle starstruck bridgerton obvi and then i guess i think like the last kind of big genre of tv shows that i don't really talk about on here but that i watch religiously are spanish tv shows so grand hotel las chicas del cable valeria el tamar velvet cien diaz para enamoranos just a bunch of spanish tv shows on Netflix because I am a Spanish speaker and Spanish learner. They make great TV. Hot casts. (laughs) Great language. Usually really expensive like good sets and clothes and all of that stuff. Um, Juicy plot lines. So if you're not into Spanish TV shows or if you don't speak Spanish, just dub it or add the subtitles or whatever. Um, because I feel like a lot of people are missing out on this amazing genre. Okay, if you 
had some overlap with my list, send me suggestions if there are things that like I missed out on. I'm sure there's tons of shows that I've watched but didn't include because these are just the ones that like really stick with me. Like these are my TV shows and you'll notice that I had a lot of movies growing up and then in my teens. I am not a big movie goer in like university and beyond. I don't know. I don't know if it's because my attention span is too short or that they just, yeah, don't make rom-coms like they do, <laughs> like they used to. Oh my gosh, I didn't even mention Degrassi and Gilmore Girls, like fucking murder me. Um, I'm sure there's a thousand other TV shows when I edit this that I'm gonna be like, oh my gosh, you dummy. But anyways, just, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just haven't been super into like movies in the last like fucking 10 years. So, but if, if I miss something, DM me. I would, I'm always open to suggestions. I've got a big list of TV that I have to watch and (laughs) love adding to it. (laughs) Okay. The last thing that I want to talk about is the influencer Tinks. Tinks was quote unquote canceled this week. And I think the discourse online has been really interesting and I don't think I necessarily have any new takes to add, but I just thought I would like summarize some of the things that I've been thinking of. So if you don't know who Tinks is, (laughs) she is a, I think like 30-ish year old influencer. She seems smart. She has a master's degree. Um, She lived in New York for a while. I actually don't know too, too much about her. She lives in LA LA now and she blew up on TikTok. She has 1.5 million followers on TikTok in like peak pandemic as many have. Um, And her shtick is, I don't know why I always say it like that. Her stick, her shtick, I don't know, whatever. Her bit, her personality, her internet personality is her giving advice to younger girls. And she is a huge just like cultivator of the parasocial relationship, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically when us plebs feel like we have an actual like friendship or relationship with a influencer or someone we've never met. You know, where you're like messaging them, even if they're like not replying and stuff like that, or you're, they have the AMA question boxes on Instagram and you're asking them for like actual advice about your like boyfriend or whatever. That is a parasocial relationship. This week, some disgusting tweets um, ranging from I think 2012 to 2020 were found it like blew up. From my understanding, there is a subreddit called r slash tinks snark. And I believe that it was gaining a little bit of traction. Like it had like 500 members, 2000 members over the last couple weeks. But Sophie Ross, who was a guest on my pod a few weeks ago, talked about it on So Bad It's Go with Ryan Bailey. And I feel like, and then she wrote a Substack newsletter about it. And I feel like that's when it really, really blew up and like it's insane now so Ryan and Sophie talked about it twice on two episodes um my friends Kelly and Troy talked about it on Beyond the Blinds many other I think it was covered on The Ringer like it's just it's been absolutely everywhere a lot of people are talking about her who never knew who she was before or was never a follower of her before. Like, they're learning about her through this cancellation. The tweets were gross. They were rooted in xenophobia. They were, like, COVID-denying. They were Trump-supporting, Boris Johnson-supporting. Tons of fatphobic tweets calling many women fat or people 
you know, like can't be fat at Coachella, all of this stuff. Really, really gross stuff. Here are my thoughts on it. A, like I talked with Courtney about the Kardashians, we shouldn't put celebrities on pedestals. I feel like she had this big sister energy and maybe people forgot that people can be awful and we actually don't know people online. Two, black, uh, indigenous creators that are people of color don't get the benefit of the doubt like white creators do and like Tinks has has been getting. Will she be canceled? Like actually canceled? No, it doesn't exist. Cancel culture does not exist. I'm sure she will glaze over this in a few weeks. Maybe she loses some sponsorships, but in the long run, a la James Charles, a la Louis C.K., she'll be fine. Three, or I don't know if I'm counting or not, but she posted an apology, um, but she posted it on Instagram where she has almost 500,000 followers, even though she has lost like, I think six or 7,000. I, I check like almost every day because I'm a petty bitch, but she was at like, I think like, like 480 and now she's down to like 473 or something like that. And it's like, that's interesting because your biggest platform is TikTok. That is what you're known for. That's how you got popular. Yet you took the way of posting on Instagram in written form, not video, where you have a third of the followers, which I thought was really interesting. And she only acknowledged these tweets after getting bombarded in the comments being and her AMA boxes being like, you need to respond to these, basically. In her apology, she said she was super insecure. It was very like Chrissy Teigen telling Courtney Stodden to KYS and just being like, I was insecure and sad. And it's like, same, but I'm not going to go tell people that they're fat online or tell people to, you know, do things to themselves. Like, what the fuck? And she basically only highlighted um, the fat phobic tweets and her specifically one towards Kim Kardashian. Um, she didn't really talk about the COVID ones or supporting like Republican ideas, etc. Another thing, uh, she had years to get rid of them. She obviously didn't feel guilty she felt fine with it and she felt like people could find them and people would agree with her. Like, I really, like, I don't think that that's a big jumping to conclusions, like, thing to make. I think that she thought it was fine to have those up there or she would be fine if they were found out. The next day, she did an AMA on Instagram. Um, Again, not a video, just, like, responding to questions with, like, pictures. She responded to like two. One was like COVID and she was like, I was confused. And then one was, I don't know, something else. And then she just went on to answer other questions like, you know, what should I do for my bachelorette party? Um, I'm visiting this place. What should I do? What's a good hostess gift to bring to a party? Like stuff like that. And then she posted a picture of her and her dog and she was like, we just wanted to say hello. Like she was like, in fucking purgatory and like like fucking in jail and like just wanted to say hi to her followers so super obnoxious tons of people are defending her in her comments which is what I want to get to next at subway cowgirl on tiktok shared what what I think is the best take on this situation and I reached out to her because I was like or I should say them I don't know actually what at subway 
cowgirls pronouns are but I reached out to them and I said hey do you want to come on my pod because I want to talk about this take they didn't respond they didn't respond so I thought I would just summarize it and then obviously credit them so basically they said that this was possibly a PR move and I actually agree I don't think it was necessarily like a planned PR move but I think that they like Tinks and her team didn't care that this happened here's why Tinks is a rich white woman and most of her audience is too so the risk is that her core audience stops watching because of these tweets but she's making the assumption that they also agree with these tweets or don't think they're quote-unquote that bad and will defend her and that is exactly what happened. Her core audience doubled down to support her. This has gotten her so much name recognition as well as traffic to her page. So yes, I think she'll probably lose sponsors or might have a hard time getting jobs in like podcast spots or whatever in the new future her podcast network also didn't drop her or anything so I think that yeah it might she might not be like number one on like fucking revolves list to work with but I think that after a few weeks it'll blow over and she'll be back doing everything she was doing prior I think that she will eventually gain from this because again People who didn't know her are now looking her up and if they enjoy her content, they'll follow her and and I don't know what I want of people that these things come out, like tweets come out because I totally get that people need space to grow and we live in a society where these thoughts are so internalized and that everyone has, like really truly everyone has like fat phobic comments, like she said and racist comments and stuff like that but it's like so I don't know what I want of people I want people to grow if I thought that people couldn't grow from these things I would like lose it I would absolutely lose it because what's the point but like this apology wasn't it this just going on your normal business wasn't it I don't like how she responded but I'm like what would I have wanted from someone to respond? And I actually don't know, but I just feel like it never feels sincere and it just makes me sad, basically, that to know that, like, the Kardashians, like, this is what people growing up right now are, this is how they're learning about the world and what's valued and, I don't know, it just doesn't align with my values. I feel like this was super inarticulate, but yeah, I want to know from you guys. Did you know who Tinks was before? What do you want from celebrities who maybe not, let's just keep it to like who's celebrities when we find out that they have problematic tweets from, you know, the past decade or so. Um, what do you, what do you think that they can do to show that they have, like, learned and grown from these problematic behaviors and, and really harmful behaviors? Yeah, and then tell me if you think that in the long run this will actually be better for her or if you think that, that in the long run it's worse for her career. Okay, I'm gonna wrap it up because I, I feel like I'm not getting any more articulate <laughs> than I am now, but I just wanted to chat about these things. So thanks for coming along on this wild ride with me. What a fun Friday night. There'll be an episode coming out in a few days with Sammy from It's Become a Whole Thing. So you can 
check that out. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to chat with me about any of these stories that I covered today, my socials are at RTBP podcast. I love talking with listeners and, you know, the RTBP community of what they think about all of these pop culture stories, reality TV moments, etc, etc. I hope that you are safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I am ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.